Hi everybody, I am back for the second episode of Femme. I am so proud that I sat down to record this um, because I am showing up and being consistent and yeah, after I posted the first episode, I had mixed feelings. I was definitely excited and proud um, to have done it, you know, the biggest, the hardest step is the beginning, um, and I shared it on my Instagram for close friends, so I wanted to kind of soft launch it first, um, to ease my way in, you know, um, and yeah, I felt really good, um, but also part of me felt still a little hesitant, a little, um, yeah, a little worried because um, these topics that I'm going to talk about in this podcast, they are very sensitive. I am making myself quite vulnerable by talking about um, things like guilt, shame, um, you know, uh, things that are taboo in our society, um, certain traumas that I've lived or certain abuse that I've been through, um, it's definitely going to come up um, because it's just so part of this whole topic of sexuality and empowerment. It's so closely related to all of those things. So I think I felt a part of me was like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're making yourself so vulnerable. Um, But the reason why I want to continue this is because I think more than my fear of um, triggering people, um, I think when you speak from a place of authenticity, that that is more important and it's actually inspiring for most people. So I think that there's going to be people that can relate to the things that I've been through and it's actually going to feel make them feel less alone and it's going to make them feel empowered to hear that other people have been through similar things and that they have overcome them and actually become stronger through going through these things. So that is my main motivator and that's why I want to keep continuing this podcast because I think... I do feel in my gut that it's mainly going to be inspiring and if it does trigger you, if you're one of those people that um, listen to it and feel in some sort of way triggered, um, I want to note that it's obviously not my intention to make anyone feel disempowered. Um, That's actually the opposite of my intention. Um, And if you feel triggered, that is usually a blessing because it's pointing towards the things, the wounds within you that you still need to face. Um, and it's actually just guiding you to to the right places that you need to dig deeper into. And only you can do that work yourself. Um, and I think with a certain sense of self-awareness, um, everybody can is able to to do that work and I I wish it for everyone because doing that work is gonna truly help you to become empowered 
um, facing your shadow, as people like to call it, facing the things that you are afraid of or insecure about or the um, things that you have repressed because you feel guilty or ashamed about them. Those are the things that are going to make you ultimately empowered when you when you really face them. So that's a little preface I wanted to um, mention. Um, I also got a feedback from a close friend of mine who said that um, they listened to the episode and felt empowered and, and inspired and they felt like um, because they'd been through similar things um, that I've been through with that creepy roommate, you know, that creepy old man roommate that I've had, um, that story that I've shared in my last episode and it made them feel less alone and that feedback meant so much for me. I actually read that earlier today and that's why I decided, you know what, I'm gonna record the second episode today. So here I am and I wanted to talk, the things that I wanted to talk about today are related to there's a term for it called horophobia. I don't know if you've heard of that term, but basically it describes um, the um, slut shaming. That would be, I guess, another another word for it um, that our society has ingrained in all of our brains so deeply um, because of the patriarchal society that we live in and that has been instituted thousands of years ago you know this is something that has been passed on from generation to generation we have to keep that in mind so these things are deeply ingrained in our subconscious and um it's hard to point fingers um and blame someone to be like a specific person to be um to be blamed for the reason we we have these subconscious beliefs because it's such an old um such an old system that has been in place for thousands of years so i want to talk about horophobia um the shaming of female sexuality and specifically from experiences that I've had as a dancer, as a pole dancer, um, both in the studio, pole dance studios, and at work in the strip club. Um, I've obviously experienced many different colors of shaming, um, but to me personally, the, the hardest and most difficult to swallow <laughs> And overcome is the shaming that I face from other women because I feel like that goes so much deeper. It hurts so much more than the shaming that I face from men. So I want to tell a couple of stories of shame that I would, that that other women have projected on me um in very subtle ways and i don't think that they deliberately did that i actually feel like a lot of that was um so subtle and came from a subconscious um belief that stems in horophobia um that these people were actually not even aware that they're that they were sh slut shaming me um but basically i had a professor 
during my um, during my graduate studies, um, she was one of my film professors who um, taught a class on documentary filmmaking, and I decided to make a documentary about pole dancing and the taboo around female sexuality, and I wanted to explore that um, by interviewing different dancers um, about their experiences of getting shamed and the taboo that they face. Um, And I remember the first time that when she saw my footage of me um, taking a heels class from one of my um, trainers, and when I was wearing my stilettos, um, I was dancing in, you know, eight inch, really high stiletto heels. That's like a typical um, heel height that you dance in in pole dance, if, if people are not aware of that. Um, Sipping my tea. Um, yeah, when she saw those heels, she said that she was felt that she was feeling triggered and she was bothered um, by my heels. And it was kind of a strange reaction to me to have such a negative um, reaction to a shoe. Um, and I, at first, I was kind of thrown off by it and I was. I didn't quite understand why she was so bothered by the heels. Um, And then she kind of explained herself more and said that she was, that she felt triggered and that they, the heels reminded her or made her think of really dark subjects like um, sex trafficking. The, The term sex trafficking Um, was mentioned and it sat really heavy in my stomach I obviously thought about that for a long time afterwards and she is also to give some context um, she is from that generation of um, second wave uh, postmodern feminists who um there were obviously like different waves of feminism and the second wave of feminism was a lot of women who wanted to reject the hyper feminine um really dressed up women that you know wore makeup and and bras like push-up bras and heels and any of these like hyper feminine things um they would reject them because it made them feel like it took away from their ability of being perceived as anything but feminine. Um, so she was she's a very intellectual type of person and you can tell that she wants to be perceived as an intellectual human being and not as a feminine person, which is in and of itself, um, I think, fine to reject um to reject super hyper feminine things like heels and makeup for yourself personally but i think where it gets problematic is when you um judge other women for wearing makeup for wearing heels because 
we then fall again into this trap that was built by the patriarchal society of this idea that women who are sexually empowered or who want to enhance their sexuality um, are are shameful or evil or that there's something inherently bad about that so that's definitely I definitely felt that strongly coming from her this kind of judgment towards my feminine side and the fact that I expressed my femininity so openly and that you know obviously in that documentary there was footage of me dancing very sexy in heels on the pole um and i just felt like um certain rejection um or a certain like judgment um from her around all of that and then it kind of came to a culminating point when she made a very casual joke that really really upset me and that still sticks with me um and she made it so casually it's it's crazy how things that people say can can really stick with you even if they think that it's such a casual thing even if they say it without thinking um thinking deeply about it but basically we were on a field trip um to the museum And we were having coffee at the museum cafe. So it was, you know, everybody from my class um, sitting together with this professor. And we were talking about apartments and how everybody moved over the summer break. And I mentioned that I moved into a new apartment with new roommates that are 18. Um, And she asked me in front of everyone she said oh is that the apartment that you set your pole up and I said yeah and she said oh I wonder how those 18 year olds felt about your pole (laughs) something like that she made a comment about how you know how it it would be inappropriate to have a pole around 18 year olds and in that moment, I was just so, I definitely felt right away that that was a weird comment. But so often when we're being, when someone is um, dismissing us or trying to diminish our power or saying a comment that makes us feel small, oftentimes we can't react immediately. So I didn't really react and I but I definitely like continued to ruminate on that comment and it just seemed so inappropriate to me for her to make a joke about because her joke basically implied that there was something inappropriate about having a pole or or pole dancing in front of 18 year olds that there was something wrong with that and that the fact that that was coming from a fellow woman just made it feel super strange and I actually mentioned it to her I approached her about it um 
about a week later and I said, I think that comment made me feel strange. And I actually said that I feel like we come from different generations of feminism and that, you know, I can, that I have a feeling that she prefers to distance herself from hyper-feminine things. Um, but I think that women should support women. And even if you are not, um, even if you personally want to reject these things, I think you shouldn't shame other women for rejecting them. And her response was so um, inappropriate. She basically gaslit me and said, oh, that's, you are projecting, that's not me, that's not who I am. She did not even acknowledge that her joke was inappropriate. She said, oh, um, that was just a, you know, casual joke. She said, um, I didn't think of it deeply and there's nothing wrong with it. It was just a casual remark um, and didn't even acknowledge or apologize for it nothing she basically just told me that it was all in my head and that was that I was projecting and I think you know there's like multiple levels to how I think this is inappropriate like she's my professor so she obviously has a certain authority over me and it felt like she was using that authority to put me in my place and diminish my power even more and I just felt like that was so it just it I, I really felt um, upset about that for a long time afterwards and I kind of had to work through that and I, I believe that everything um, everything in life that upsets us when other people upset us in some way I always think it's um an opportunity for us to look more deeply within ourselves to see why we are so upset and what wound that relates to within ourselves um, because we can't control other people but we can can control our reaction obviously and also we can work on ourselves to um to feel more whole and complete and less judged or triggered by other people for other people's judgment not to affect us so much and I think um I I did a lot of work um through these kind of experiences that I've had um and it helped me it helped me be more secure in myself and my my standpoint and not allow other people's judgment to make me feel to make me doubt myself anymore because I think I used to I would go to a place where I doubt myself when people judge me um and yeah I actually told a close friend um well she was a she was a close friend but actually she was a more like a pen pal kind of friend we had never met in person but we were talking um over the internet quite a lot and I met her through like a spiritual community um through like a community of astrologers and psychics um and I had told her 
finally um, about, well, I told her about this comment that my teacher made and how it made me feel. And then I opened up to her about the fact that I became a stripper and that I actually felt that I actually feel that it has empowered me in my sexuality um, and in my uh, confidence and self-worth um, as a woman. And her reaction was very, very strong. She sent me a bunch of voice messages back. So that's how we would usually communicate over voice messages. She sent me a bunch of voice messages back saying that um, she doesn't condone the fact that I dance for men and that I, like, how could I find that empowering? And she kind of jumped to a lot of conclusions that were not true. So she said, like, I don't know how you would expect other women to support that. And if they don't support that, you don't see them as feminists. That's not fair. Um, and I actually never mentioned that. And I, I don't think that women need to, I don't think that women need to love the idea of dancing for men in order to be feminists. But I do think that women need to respect and accept other women, um, who feel that, who feel empowered through dancing um, and dancing in in the male gaze. And if that empowers them, I think there shouldn't be um, a judgment towards that. I think that everyone should be free to... Um, should be free to express themselves in whichever way they want. And where it gets difficult is when there is no empowerment, when there is no consent. So if the woman is, say, feeling forced to dance or if she um, is doing it from a, from a place of not feeling empowered but from a place of, say, being desperate for money and feeling like you you have to do it but you you don't feel um good about it um and you don't feel confident in doing it and you don't feel happy with it that's um definitely um problematic obviously because the woman doesn't do this deliberately so um being the the biggest and most important thing is for the mo for the woman to be in power and do it out of her own will. And I think if a woman does it out of her own will, it should not be shamed, especially not by other women. Um, but yeah, she also started talking about um, porn and like really really dark topics. She started talking about sex trafficking and that she does not condone all of that. Um, and it just kind of made it seem like I was, that she had, that she assumed I was condoning these things, um, which was really strange to me because I 
did not speak about those things at all. All I talked about was dancing itself. Um, and then she, she talked about, um, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, she, she just, oh, and then she talked about the fact that she can't have sex with people without feeling a true emotional connection and feeling love. And I actually agree. Like I, I feel that same way so it it was kind of odd to me that she seemed to have assumed that I have sex with people without feeling a connection or love um but even if I was you know I think this is another thing that um if a woman and again it all comes down to the the empowerment and the free will if a woman wants to have sex for the sake of pleasure alone without having you know deep feelings or if a woman have wants to have sex for money without having deep feelings but out of her own free will and uh, if she feels empowered doing it and if she wants to do it um then i don't think that we should shame that um It all comes down to we need to talk more about the fact that women need to have their own will and need to be empowered in doing what they're doing um, versus talking about talking about sexual activities are shameful or women expressing their sexuality is shameful and and evil and and uh, And these kind of things. Or or even the opposite, you know, a woman that doesn't express her sexuality, that doesn't want to be seen sexy, that wants to dress, you know, the opposite of sexy, or that wants to that doesn't want to um that doesn't want to express that part of herself, we should not shame that as prude or or um, you know. Like whatever I feel like whatever we do, it's we're always doomed, you know what I mean? Um, if we are too sexy, we are whores. If we are too um, pu- uh, demure and um, pru- we're called prudes, if we don't want to e- express that sexuality, then we are you know called whatever virgins or or prudes and and that's also negatively connotated in a way and shamed and and i think it's just so it's such a trap and i think it's important that we realize this trap that we are presented with because it runs so deep in our society Ooh, I am uh, delving deep in this episode, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and this is only the second episode I'm recording. <laughs> so I hope you're still with me um, after all this intense ranting. Um, but yeah, another experience that I've had that kind of dropped my jaw 
um, was there is an older lady at my acting class that I go to who made a comment um, when I mentioned. So everyone in my acting class knows about my job. Um, and I think, I don't quite remember what we were talking about, but basically I mentioned it was mentioned that I'm a stripper. Oh, I think it was a role. I was doing a scene um, that the character is a stripper. And so after the critique, like obviously in that critique, I mentioned that, you know, I am a stripper in real life and that I can, um, can use that experience for the character. Um, and after that critique, she walked up to me and she said, Honey, why don't you elevate yourself and call yourself a pole dancer um, and not a stripper? It's just, you. it would elevate yourself and it would just sound so much more beauty, beautiful and elegant than, I mean, you're almost like a ballerina. Like it takes so much strength and grace to hold yourself up on that pole. Like I've seen beautiful videos. I think you should just call yourself a stripper. Uh, I think you should just call yourself a pole dancer. Um, it would elevate you and... And I, I stood there and I looked her in the eyes and I just thought to myself, wow, this is truly a problem. And this is truly why, like this is evidence of how deep all of these issues run. And um, I said to her, well, I, I tried to educate her, you know, but she's obviously like much older, so you have to be, you know, considerate and careful. Um, but yeah, I, I, I told her, you know, I, I want to call myself a stripper because pole dance would not exist without strippers. Strippers literally invented pole dance um, and pole dance comes from a history of women that um that invented this um art form from a place of oppression and that it's um very important that we acknowledge the roots of pole dance um and the roots come from strippers and so i am a stripper and the term stripper should not be shamed and she just looked at me and she said, I don't understand what we're arguing about right now. I meant this as a compliment. And then she said, is your mom a stripper or why are you defending strippers so much? And that really made my jaw drop. And I was like, oh my God. And in that moment, I thought to myself, you know what? Her train has left. There's no way that you can change her perspective and I just thought to myself, pick your battles. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just <laughs> lay this to rest. You know, it's not going to be worth fighting with her about this. So I said, I see what you mean. And um, I just ended the conversation and walked away. But oh boy, did that bother me. Um, I thought about that for a long time afterwards um and I just 
again, when I face comments and shaming like that from other women it just hits so much deeper because it's problematic already when we are when this kind of shame is projected on us by other men but it's so much more problematic or so much more um disempowering when you experience it from other women because it makes you feel really hopeless because if we don't have each other's back as women if we don't realize the trap that we are all in together as women then how can we ever get out of this you know so whenever I experience this type of stuff I I it's hard not to feel hopeless <laughs> but Yeah, and especially, you know, women that come to the strip club and behave, like, treat me super disrespectfully, that just makes me, like, shocked because multiple times now I've experienced it that women try to stuff the dollar bills, literally stuff it inside my panties, in my where my vagina is try to stuff the dollars in my vagina and i just i just don't fucking understand like don't you have a vagina yourself would you want a filthy ass dirty dollar bill inside your vagina no you wouldn't so what makes you think that i would be okay with that and i think the answer is that a lot of these women they don't see us as equal They see us as less than, and, and it's really, really sad, you know. Um, I think a lot of these women, they come to the strip club either with their, with their boyfriends and husbands or with their girlfriends, and they get really drunk, and they're like, woohoo, and, and kind of pretend like they ha are having fun, and some of them even will say like, oh, I'm so big on supporting other women but then you are treating me with disrespect you're treating me in a way that you would never want to be treated yourself and so are you really supporting me here or did you come here to feel better about yourself and put me down and disrespect me to feel elevated yourself because You putting me down does not elevate you at all. I think that's really important for people to understand is that putting other people down does not elevate you. In fact, it puts you even in an even lower position. Um, but yeah, it's a strange phenomenon. I think people oftentimes come to the strip club to deal with their insecurities um, or to cope with their insecurities by feeling powerful or better than us. And um, I observe that a lot in both the men and women that come, that they talk to me in a way that is belittling or that is judgmental, or it's but it's very subtle. The way that they talk to me just makes me... Like I realize that they have so many assumptions and preconceptions about me 
that are so not true you know they talk to me like they think I'm uneducated I am naive kind of dumb and that I probably am really sexually active or that I'm have multiple baby daddies or that I definitely have children or that I have some kind of substance abuse or that I'm some people have um preconceptions that I'm like shady and that I would steal like one time um this girl lost her phone in the bathroom and I found it and I gave it to the bartender so that you know she could ask when she realizes her phone is gone she can ask the bartender and get it back um and she she came to me and she was like I lost my phone in the bathroom and I saw you were in the bathroom after after me and she said it in such a like accusing way like she clearly thought I stole her phone and I was like oh yeah I found your phone and I gave it to the bartender it's right over here look and um you know approached the bartender I got her phone gave it to her and she looked at me with big eyes and she's like oh oh well thank you you know and you could just see written all over her face that girl thought I swiped her phone (laughs) and she was just her preconceptions were proven wrong and I think it's I I find it so interesting when I prove people wrong and their reactions um like so often after a while of talking to me men realize that I'm actually quite smart and that I speak multiple languages and things like that and they're either like surprised in a in a like positive way they're like oh um but more often than that they're like why is this girl acting like she's smarter than me why is this girl talking about having a graduate degree like they're kind of just like insulted by it and I think it's because their expectation was to come to the strip club and talk to a girl that is naive and dumb and so that they could they can belittle her and feel better about themselves and and that is not what ends up happening with me um and then they kind of get pissed off by that so that used to happen a lot but then I realized that I'm actually not making money (laughs) that way so I had to become smarter and I realized that when I play into their fantasy and I dumb myself a little bit down I make so much more money (laughs) it's crazy um and we can talk about like is this morally correct is this a good environment to be in not at all I don't think it's um healthy to perpetuate their fantasies and their stereotypes about strippers at all but this is the crazy thing about the job it's like that's how it works um and that's like the men are literally coming and paying to fulfill their fantasies so that we can be whoever they um fantasize us to be so if they have a fantasy or an idea of us being 
uh, young, silly, naive, dumb, whatever it may be, um, they expect us to play into that. And I think some men are savvy enough to know that we are doing that. And some men, they aren't. They really think we are that way. They really think we are dumb. (laughs) But at the end of the day, who is playing who, right? So it's all just a big old game. And I think it's really important if you're doing this job to always remember that it's just a game and that your persona you're putting on a persona that's why the stripper name helps a lot you know because it would be strange to go in with my own name because i am not i am not um a hundred percent myself in there and and they don't expect that you know what i mean um i personally don't like to completely lie about who I am and where I've grown up or things like that Um, but I definitely definitely um, play into their fantasies and I definitely allow them to make assumptions about me that are not necessarily true to who I am you know what I mean so um, yeah that's It's interesting to look at that from a bird's eye perspective and realize that the strip club is not just a place for people to come and party and get entertained, but there's also an aspect of a power dynamic that plays into it. And there's also an aspect of some kind of... um, therapeutic healing that these people want to achieve um, but not always in the healthiest ways (laughs) because obviously it is not it's the opposite of healing if you go and because you feel insecure you go to a strip club um, belittle these women there and then in turn feel better about yourself because that is not giving you true confidence it's just kind of a temporarily little little fix that might boost your ego temporarily but in the long term you're gonna stay feeling insecure and you're gonna stay feeling powerless um what would actually help you get over your insecurities if you is if you faced yourself and the things that you don't want to look at within yourself because we all have things that we don't want to look at within ourselves, things that we're ashamed of. Um, and that, it like people call it in the spiritual community, our shadow, and it's, um, you know, called shadow work in some, you know, communities. But, you know, it's, it's, so vital for anyone to do that in order to truly become powerful um, and confident real confidence there's there is a fake confidence that our society is so concerned with Um, i think our society 
does not understand what true confidence is because um, this fake confidence is all about showing, um, showing what you have, showing, showing off your body, showing off your money, who you are. Like LA is all about that. It's so crazy. Um, the strip clubs here are so much about showing off much more than in the Bay area. People come to, um, you know, flash their jewelry or, you know, throw thousands of dollars in the air so that they could show everybody, look, I'm spending money. I have money. I have an abundance of money. You know, I have excess of money that I can just throw in the air. Um, and that boosts their ego, but it doesn't prove true confidence. And I'm not saying you can have true confidence and not come and throw money at all. You can definitely have both. But I'm saying that I, I observe a lot of these men actually don't seem to have true confidence. Um, and they just seem to do it to boost their egos. Um, and true confidence is like really knowing yourself and having looked at the darkest part of yourself and having embraced that part of yourself and forgiven yourself for the things that you're ashamed of or the things that you regret or just the things that you don't like within yourself and knowing that you are still worthy and that you love yourself. True confidence comes from a place of self-love, self-respect, and self-worth, knowing your worth, and knowing that your worth is not tied to any external, con uh, any external um, things like money or beauty or your body. Your worth is inherent within you with, without any of that stripped away from any of that you are worthy um and that's you know it's kind of easy to hear and say but it's really hard to comprehend because you have to really i don't know i feel like i the i had to go through <laughs> a lot of crying a lot of anger a lot of different stages of grief in order to comprehend that like really understand it in internally in every cell of my body in my soul you know um yeah and i want to talk more about how i got there and i i don't think that i'm at my final destination yet i definitely can still observe when i feel triggered or when i feel insecure But because I've done so much work, I can observe it now and I can understand that that's not me, that it, that this is a voice that um, was conditioned, that I created to protect myself. And I want to talk more about that in a different episode um, because I believe that we all have a critical voice a negative voice in our head in our in our mind that we created typically 
as a child quite early on um, and the purpose of that voice was to protect ourselves from getting hurt again and again um, but instead of protecting us oftentimes this voice is holding us back from being our authentic selves from embracing who we are from shining our light from being confident and empowered um, and the journey of becoming empowered is noticing this voice really listening to this voice um, and that's the hardest part because we don't want to look at those parts of ourselves we don't want to listen to that voice and the final part is to show love and to that voice to forgive yourself um actually i think that is probably the hardest part um but yeah the whole journey is quite difficult um but yeah i'm realizing that i'm way over time so i should stop <laughs> um for today but i hope this episode was interesting to say the least um <laughs> I know that it was quite heavy and loaded, um, but, you know, some of these episodes are going to be more lighthearted and more just fun stories of things that I, you know, funny things I experience in the strip club, and some are going to be more loaded and heavy, and they're equally, if not more important. So I hope at least one single person out there got something out of this, and if you did, please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. Um, and I'm sending you lots of love wherever you are in your self-empowerment journey. You are not alone. Um, and I hope that you can feel less alone um, by listening to this and that we can share more with each other the things that we going, we're going through. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. I'm sending you big hugs and lots of love and I'll see you next time. Bye.